recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin. This is the Crimson Cowl Comic Club Podcast. We're all out of hoaxes to give. I'm Anthony. I'm David. I'm Jim. And as always, I'm Kurt's dad. <laughs> Welcome that to hasn't changed. No. <laughs> Welcome to issue number twenty-three of the Crimson Cowl Comic Club podcast, in which we meet every single Saturday and we talk spoilers for the club picks. And uh, one of those picks happens to be Avengers number six eighty-eight. Making sure I had the number there. Part fourteen of sixteen. So we're going to discuss that in the first half of the show, and then in the back half, we're going to go around the table with. Uh, non-spoilers for the books that we've been reading and uh then we're in the news section got a couple things to talk about as well as going through the previews preview if you will um but we're going to start it off with avengers number 688 as the final battle for earth begins one avenger will sacrifice everything to give his teammates a fighting chance so that uh we've been seeing it uh quicksilver in the last issue or so, has been noticing this beacon that's been flying around, this this blue light that he's been trying to chase, and uh, that's kind of where we start off this issue with him kind of going all around the world. Yeah, we kind of uh, get his perspective on this one, which I, I I think we actually did his perspective once in one of the early. Yeah, he's definitely got a he lot of one of the early ones. They're doing a lot of promotion for his upcoming spinoff. Yeah, the spinoff. There's. Must not be a tie-in because there weren't going to be any tie-ins. Yeah, to this. yeah, yeah. So it can't be a tie-in. <laughs> nope, nope. Um, so yeah, we see him kind of going across, you know, all around the world as we're still seeing some of these uh, heroes and villains are both uh, frozen in time as they were since the beginning of this whole story. But yeah, Quicksilver's just been uh, running through as uh, we last seen Challenger now show up as well. We've seen. Uh, what he did to his competition of the Grandmaster after each of them kind of uh, blamed each other for cheating and <laughs> you know, like, oh, you cheated doing this, well, you cheated doing that, and it all came down to a fight. Um, so Challenger has now uh, showed up on Earth and he's uh, ready to uh, unleash his power. Destroy the Earth. And fit a peak. Because the only reason he's doing it, he says, the Game Master liked you, so... You're a god. <laughs> and he refers, and he gives himself a new name. Yeah. He calls himself the Grandmaster Prime. Prime. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, cut back to Voyager, who has been kind of admiring the Avengers over the last issue or two as her uh, secrets has been revealed. Um, Voyager, our favorite former Avenger. <laughs> just did that just to set you up again. Um but yeah, this issue is kind of surrounding around uh, what they call, what is it, the world, uh, what is yeah, it the called? World the world engine. engine. The world engine. Uh, yeah, they're talking about this thing that they have to essentially kind of keep powered up and keep like cranking. And, yeah, now we know what makes the world go around. Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, so Voyager is kind of uh, letting some information to uh, the Avengers about that as they're all kind of experiencing it, but... They mentioned something about the location of it. It's on, what, the Challenger satellite, yep. as they say. And as soon as that was said, there's somebody who um, 
heard that information uh, and wants to attack the challenger, as we have the guy that brought him back. Um, uh, fighting against the guy that brought him back, we have the Immortal Hulk. So we get a couple pages there of uh, some smashing left and right there, and uh, it's mostly Hulk dominated until the end. Yes, where he yeah, really gets in, smashed. In, in fact, now Grant, <laughs> Grandmaster Prime was even caught a caught off guard and yeah. surprise yeah. you you hurt me <laughs> and then just in the way like the panels go in the art and stuff is did hulk just decide to jump up into uh i th- i think uh i still want to call him the challenger grandmaster prime, yeah. grandmaster prime i think <laughs> yeah. sent him yeah flying. i haven't, haven't got the <laughs> okay. yeah he he hits him and he sends him flying out through space Past, um, yeah, I guess based on the perspective, I was a little lost on like <laughs> what had happened there. And but yeah, he shoots off into uh, space there. He's kind of float, floating out there, but we're uh, and laughing about it. Yeah, yeah. He's hit so hard he gets launched into to space, but he's laughing about it because he's alone. That might be. Mm, there you go. He, that's what I would took it as. He was makes sense. Hey, I get to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, in the cosmic game room. Uh, you know, looking at this, uh, trying to figure out how to keep this uh, this world engine going, and they're talking about just a bunch of strength and power and who's able to do this. And Hercules, obviously, you know, just gonna man the crank and just kind of keep, you know, turning it around. And uh, but they needed to apply some more power to it. And this is we have somebody who has he stepped up in the series at all? So I had nope, to look back at his name. Not not, re- not really uh, even. Though he had a leadership role, he hasn't really stepped into that in um, in in this story so far. He's kind of stepped back and let uh, Rogue actually. Rogue's really done a lot of it, but uh, and some of those other people. Yeah, he's mostly been with the reserve people back in the reserve HQ. We're talking about uh, Roberto da Costa. Uh, yep. Um, Citizens, better known as Sunspot, or now, yeah. <laughs> Known to most as Sunspot because that's yeah. what he's been for years and years and years. But and they had back in the um, U.S. Avengers that his power has gone kind of out of control, and if he uses it, it can consume him. And so um, Tony Ho had developed a headband that mm. keeps okay. his power restricted. So now to have the force he needs to join Hercules in holding up the world. He takes it off. Yeah. <laughs> he says without it, he's the strongest oh, mutant in the world. world yep. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we have Daisy Johnson Sky and uh, Dove Cameron. Oh, wait, that's an ad for S.H.I.E.L.D. I thought they were <laughs> into the series here. Um, yeah, so we uh, cut back to the auxiliary uh, headquarters as we have uh, as we see on the cover that uh, we're like, hey, is this going to be a very uh, Wanda and... Uh, Quicksilver-centric issue, we kind of start to get their story here, is they're kind of coming up with a plan on how to catch this beacon. Because mm. um, their theory is if they catch the beacon, then all those people who are held in status will be set free. Or stasis will be set free. Yeah, and a lot of those people being, you know, some of the, you know, more important, you know, not important, but more of the, the A-list Avengers. So, like, you know, we've had this entire Avengers story that really wasn't headlined by a lot of your... Core members no of Captain Cabin. America, no Iron Man, no. <laughs> yeah. 
No squirrel girl. Exactly. <laughs> I, and I, I was very excited with this issue because I've been teasing that for quite a while that this, this whole thing would have been a lot easier if they just had squirrel girl, but maybe we'll see that a little later. So yeah, they're talking about uh, what Synapse and uh, Wanda kind of joining their powers as they want to uh, help Quicksilver. Basically, uh, he's talking about speed beyond fear. And uh, in some ways they're talking about very same thing DaCosta's talking about taking off any restraints on his power so that he can catch the right the so in this case he's going to use Wanda as a means of boosting his power um, to, uh, to to be able to go well, faster to go a little faster to remove the limits of possible the impossible yep. and, and, and synapse to remove his fear of going any faster and so so while that's happening and Hercules is uh, cranking away at the world engine and Challenger is, you know, smashing uh, what Wonder Man's knocking his glasses right off his face. Yes. So yeah, we have all this stuff going on well, at the same time. The big kiss with synapse. That's right, yes. <laughs> um, which I assume was something, you know, that they've built on for yep. a while, but I guess Within but this book has been a little Yeah, well, I think uh, oh, apparently they've never gotten this far. <laughs> well, that's what it says. Yeah. Sorry, we never. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never. <laughs> and now they may never. <laughs> <laughs> now she has to read his book, probably, when it comes out. So I hope she pre-ordered it at the Crimson Calls. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we have all that going on and Challenger just kind of knocking people off left and right and, you know, you see Rogue back into the fight and Falcon and all that. Um, as Quicksilver is, uh, with the boosted, uh, speed is trying to catch that beacon as he does and poof, disappears within the next panel there. He kind of phases out and Wanda, you know, says he's gone. She's kind of, kind of broken down, down to her knees there and kind of exhausted over what they just did and now the, you know. And so then the most powerful Avenger of all is freed to join the fray. Squirrel Girl. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's one of those, uh, which is great, you know, her entry line is just, ah, nuts. Um, so yeah, I was pretty excited to see her, so. Then, who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because now, you know. She's with me. Who? <laughs> And now that Squirrel Girl's back into it, I mean, I don't even know why they're doing issue 16, because all they need is one more issue, and it should be over, but I guess we'll, <laughs> we'll find out what happens. But, um, but Voyager, who uh, has been inspired, as we've been talking about, just kind of looking at, you know, her, you know, being used as a secret weapon from her father, and then, you know, being there with the Avengers and witnessing them coming together, working as a team to fight the forces of evil, she decides that uh, she's going to do the, the rally call for everybody talking about uh, assembling, something about assembling some yeah, something. heroes. <laughs> I just don't know how she knew to go back to the auxiliary HQ at the same moment that they're all being woken up because Quicksilver is caught in that fast beacon. Hmm. Yeah, because she was up on the satellite just a minute ago. Maybe a coincidence or maybe not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well... I guess we'll find out. Looks um, like it's coincidence, but <laughs> we'll see. Who knows? Maybe she's playing a game. And then we get the beautiful last page with all the heroes kind of back at it, and you see your Captain Americas and your Squirrel Girls and your Hawkeyes and your Wasps and Beasts and everybody. So, uh, so yeah, 
Yep. And gearing into the final two issues. And, and I've got to say for listeners, you know, people who are listening to the podcast but don't know Anthony, he might have sounded very sarcastic in his uh, comments about Squirrel Girl. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm here to assure you that he was actually quite serious. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> loved Squirrel Girl. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which is funny because you'll find out more about that in the next segment. But any other thoughts as we're closing in? Uh, well, they sure set it up for a big finish. I mean, I think. Yeah, yeah only they, uh, only two more to go. They have done, I think, an admirable job. Plus, Quicksilver and all surrender. Yeah. Yep, that'll be. Now we know why Quicksilver has his own book tied to this yeah. because Zoom, he's somewhere else now. <laughs> and uh, keep it related with No Surrender Talk. Um, since I was missing from the uh, podcast club uh, last week, I was at C2E2, and uh, while you guys were talking about Avengers, I was also talking about Avengers with one of the co-writers, Jim Zub. I also met Mark Wade as well, who was uh, one of the co-writers as well with this uh, team here. Um, but uh, I told Jim Zub just to kind of like relate our information about like uh, how much we've been enjoying No Surrender, and it's been a you know knocking it out of the park each and every week, and uh, doesn't feel exhausting in a way of being no. like, oh, this is still you know we still have more, especially when it's a sixteen issue, which is not usually the normal number count that when you would have yeah a, you get some six to twelve and uh, so I you know, told them and I uh, advertised the Crimson Cull and I mentioned it you know as a podcast and this and that kind of laying the groundwork and you know just he's printed my letter in two of his different uh, image title books so like I said I'm just laying that groundwork to eventually get him to be one of the members of the club if we need to have him Skype in maybe sure that's that. we, <laughs> but um, and then he. Uh, sent me over to Pepe Larraz, who is one of the rotating artists on this series, who I didn't know was at the con, and Jim had said that it was his uh, first con. So I went over there and had him sign. I brought issue two of uh, of No Surrender, the one with the fake Voyager cover with yep. the hands <laughs> holding that. Since I love that cover, I'm like, all right, that'll be a good one to get signed. So I had both Jim and uh, Pepe sign that, and then I also said the same thing over to him as well. Um, so yeah, so the guys that are uh, writing and drawing this comic have been told, on behalf of the Crimson Call Comic Club, that they're doing a good job. So yeah, all right. I think that'll wrap it up for the spoiler discussion. Welcome to the non-spoiler section of the podcast, in which we go around the table and everybody uh, talks about the books that they've been reading in a non-spoiler fashion. So if you haven't read these books, we may give you a nice jump on point. I've already mentioned Gideon Falls, but it's even better. As you go, we had the first issue, and now the second issue yeah. is it just moves the story along to an increasing point. We're introduced to new characters who suddenly are caught up in the, all the mystery and um, and uh, scary stuff going on in Gideon Falls. Uh, I can't say enough about how they put this book together. So if you're not reading this one, you're missing a lot. Um, yeah, we were talking off pod about the uh, about how much you know the second issue is great. The series about uh, a mysterious uh, barn that uh, there's a one of our, our lead character who is uh, kind of picking up these pieces of this barn that you know he can see, but you know others kind of think you know he's had some. He's got some mental issues. He was, you know, in a mental hospital, and 
and at the same time you have uh, um, another character being sent into uh, a priest who is sent into his uh, Gideon Falls yeah he's kind of taking over for uh, Chris, a, supposedly who is dead but yeah. in this issue there's some question <laughs> so there, there's a lot of like these basically you have two stories going on that you know are linked together yeah but like at first it's just kind of like you feel like you're reading two different comics right. that are just kind of and now they've even drawn in a third character so you're you're catching it from her perspective as well the psychologist who is treating the um, person in the mental institution yeah so, so it's dark um, and creepy and it's it's made for some great uh, reads i tweeted out yesterday just saying if you need a good creepy horror story don't go to movies it. don't go to tv <laughs> go to gideon falls yeah, uh, it it I could see this being becoming a television series that would just be, yeah. wow. <laughs> so, yep, that one I enjoyed as well. Um, another book I really liked was The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 31, unironically. Really? You like that? <laughs> this is um, a standalone issue, um, basically dealing with uh, Squirrel Girl and her friend, Nancy. Uh, Nancy, who is not a superhero, uh, but is, you know, most... Not, not a squirrel either? Nope. <laughs> Neither. Yes. They are sent through. Uh, I can't think of the actual term, but they're sent into this weird, uh, almost like a no surrender type of thing, kind of frozen in time, except everyone else is frozen around them. Oh, it's a uh, hyperspace or okay. hyper time or something. And throughout this issue, and this is all in the the preview of it, um, is that. They are finding out that they can now save a lot of people with the fact that everybody's moving so slowly. So while, you know, not even like seconds are going by in our world, it's starting like months and years. And it's like this whole like whole issue of time with these two people kind of stuck in the hyperspace and uh, while trying to do good. And there's funny little things to kind of give you an example uh, while they're doing good things with it being the Squirrel Girl book. It's been a very comedic book as well, is that uh, they've been doing things and kind of leaving notes that would later catch up to the people that are kind of, you know, they're living time normally, but, you know, it's Squirrel Girl. It's everything is so slow to them. Um, so they're leaving these gigantic, like, banner billboard size notes on like hanging off the bridge of just like certain things that they're doing that they're like almost like preventing crimes because they can see it happen and stop it way before they're even finished and so there, there's a lot of hilarity but there's a lot of emotion in here as well as what happens to characters who are uh, basically living their entire life while everybody is just experiencing it you know at a glacial speed so um, once again, a standalone issue, very funny, uh, full of good emotion between the characters. And then I wanted to mention too, that the artist, uh, Erica Henderson, uh, she's been working on this book for 31 issues plus whatever renumbering they had. Cause we've had two squirrel girl number ones within the last couple years of the Marvel renow or Marvel now renumbering and stuff. Um, so she's probably got like, you know, 40, 50 issues, maybe even under her belt. Um, but she uh, is leaving the series, at least uh, at this time, uh, pursuing other things, I assume. So this is kind of a kind of a kind of a send off to her. She's been with this book and kind of a, been a big, important part of the creative style and tone of this book. And uh, 
and uh, an Eisner award-winning book that so this is uh, not only a good standalone issue but also a nice little send-off to uh, one of the creative team but the uh, Ryan North the writer is continuing on and we have some uh, new artists starting with uh, next month so that is the unbeatable squirrel girl number 31 Amazing Spider-Man 798, the second part in Go Down Swinging. Um, we've already talked a little bit about it earlier, so it's not a spoiler to say Norman Osborn has linked up with a Carnage symbiote. Yes. And what it becomes is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're... If you don't, uh, if you're, if you have any connection with any of these things, I mean, this is in some ways an amazing run i think in spider-man and this issue ends with um with the carnage goblin <laughs> giving spider-man an ultimatum and now he has to decide what will he do yeah <laughs> go down swinging not only for the story and the characters but also with the writer of dan slap being like all right this is it 10 years he's been doing this and uh writing this book and uh other than brian michael bendis with the ultimate Spider-Man, you know, he's been writing 616 Peter Parker longer than anybody. Mm. And he, you can see he's really just putting out... Yep, he's pulling out the stops on this one. Yeah, <laughs> putting out the last so little... Who's, who's actually going down swimming? Swimming. Swimming, <laughs> swimming yeah. Um, swimming. Namor is. <laughs> Namor. Who, who's going down swinging? <laughs> well, we won't know until the last one, will we? Is but... Dan Slott, Norman Osborn, or Peter Parker? Parker. Now I want, I want Chip Zdarsky to do a Namor go book going, going down <laughs> yes. swimming. Because uh, you know, Dan Slott and Chip are always thing. going back and forth, uh, pl uh, playfully arguing with each other online, so that could be a plan. I'm, sure, I'm so, sure when they listen to this, they'll, they'll get that. Certainly so far, Spider-Man is the one who's been on the ropes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's definitely some good stuff. I know uh, the next issue comes out. Um, this coming week at the time of this recording, uh, and then in, uh, you know, we're gearing up for 801, which will be the, uh, the end of Dan Slott's writing run here. So we're, we're getting yeah. there in a team. So up. if you can get the back issues of this, go back, read it. I mean, it's really, uh, I think a really great piece and, um, well, wait for the trade paperback, whatever. Be sure you catch this one. Definitely. I think that'll do it for the non-spoiler section. And now, the news. Okay, welcome to the news section in which, uh, David, you had talked about last week as I listened and edited the podcast um, that I wasn't uh, there. I had to actually listen to it to figure out what was being said. Um, I was down in C2E2 and uh, kind of talking about, uh, you know, if there's any kind of relaying some news and stuff like that. And uh, there was a couple things that they had mentioned uh, that uh, Joelle Jones, who's been drawing uh, some Batman of late, and she designed like Catwoman's uh, dress and like dealing with this gearing up for this wedding and everything. She's also the artist and uh, writer for Lady Killer, one of her independent series. But uh, lately she's been working on some DC and uh, they announced at one of the panels in uh, C2E2 that she is going to be doing, I think she's doing both writing and the art. I could be mistaken on that, but I think she is for a Catwoman ongoing series, which, yep. you know, with her dealing with the Batman book and now that's spinning off of that, Joelle Jones is awesome, and I 
you know, it was one of those things if I had heard that with anybody else, I may be like, all right, I don't need yet another series. But when I hear Joelle Jones on there, I, I like the work that she does. So I'm excited about a, a Catwoman series. I'm not sure when it's hitting and where it's going to be, like within the wedding release and all that kind of stuff. But that was one of the big news that happened. Um, a friend of, yes. I, I was going to say that's actually good news for us too because we've had a couple of people, you know, over the last you know few months come in and look for Catwoman stuff and we have to tell them well she doesn't have a current ongoing yeah. series and, and now she will so yeah. now when people come in we can say hey it's on the way <laughs> and then some other news uh which hits a little more uh close to home here is uh Luke Boyce who is the upcoming director for the film adaptation of Revival which uh Tim Seeley and Mike Norton um, created this, uh, this horror zombie noir type of, uh, story that existed in Wisconsin, in which the dead came, uh, back to life. It, uh, occurred in Wausau, Wisconsin, as, uh, Tim Seeley is from Wisconsin. He based the story there and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the scenery and his own, like his parents' home and stuff is all like kind of written into the story. And uh, last year at C2E2, they had uh, made the announcement at the Revival panel as the series wrapped up with 47 issues. Um, they made the announcement that it's being developed as a film, and they had a teaser concept trailer that they showed uh, for all of us there. And I uh, quickly uh, showed my interest in uh, with Tim Seeley and this director, uh, Luke, um, after the panel and kind of connected with them. And then over the last year... You know, the director uh, follows me online and uh, we've just, you know, discussed uh, things back and forth and this and that. I met up with him again at C2E2 here. He had a panel he was on for like writing across different mediums. They had someone from comics, somebody from TV, somebody from movies. As they all just kind of talked about the writing process. And uh, he told me uh, on Twitter, he sent me a message just saying, he's like, oh, come and find me at the con or after the panel, whatever. He's like, I can give you a sneak peek at something. And I'm just like, okay, this is interesting. What, you know, there hasn't been much buzz about the film or anything as it's kind of, you know, in the pre-production stages, script stages and stuff like that. So I met up with them and I did confirm on what I can say. And because there are some things I can't say. Um, but he uh, showed me this little uh, portfolio that he had for some uh, designs that are being done for some of the stuff that's in the movie uh, being done by some people in Hollywood. <laughs> um, that's the safe version, but he said I can talk about the experience that I've seen something. There are uh, things in this, this series uh, with the dead coming back to life. Um, it's not your traditional like Walking Dead, Night, Night of the Living Dead type of zombie kind of story um it's just kind of like the dead come back and then people are kind of wondering like what do they do now like it's not like they're going after brains or anything it's kind of like how to bring them back into society and things mm -hmm. like that and it's it's a real you know and, and wausau is quarantined too so it's all just like happening in wausau wisconsin and the rest of the world and it's not like this big zombie so, apocalypse right. Um, so he had shown me some uh, designs for some things that won't be even seen until the actual movie comes out. So something that's probably not even going to be in the trailers or anything. But he told me I could talk about the excitement of it. 
my jaw just kind of dropped. He showed it to me for about 10 seconds and he closed the book and somebody else, like a friend of his came up. He's like, Oh, what are you guys looking at? Just real casual. It's like, Oh, nothing, nothing. And he just sh- shut it off from this other guy he knew. And cause he had told me, he's like, yeah, you know, you're excited about it. We've been talking and this and that. And he's like, I figured I'd, you know, give you a sneak peek there and stuff. And cause I had showed my interest about, uh, you know, the possibility of uh, becoming an extra in the film. They're going to film in Wisconsin and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, we're, uh, that's where we're kind of sitting with the revival, uh, movie status at the moment. But, uh, I saw something, if you're a fan of that book, uh, it lives up to the highest expectations of what we could see. Um, I'm pretty sure, uh, and I know they're available to order. I know we had sold some revival here. I'm not sure if there's any currently at the time of this recording, but as the movie's starting to really pick up, uh, Uh, I'm going to do some advertising and stuff with the store and kind of let people in on this and hopefully kind of build up, you know, like a local group of fans and stuff to, you know, for a a locally made movie and all that kind of stuff. So we'll get the the local group built up and then we'll get a bus together. (laughs) I'll go on to to the set. I'll be extras. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, So when it comes to that, I met a bunch of writers and artists and stuff like that. But when it comes to like news, um, that was one of the things I wanted to share there of spreading the Crimson Call name to the Avengers creators as well as some little uh, update on the revival movie adaptation. So Exciting. Yeah, definitely exciting. So I, I tried to take as many mental pictures. I can still s- see what I saw, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. So. And this concludes our segment of last week's news. <laughs> yes, pretty much. All old stuff. Let's talk about stuff that's going to come out in two months. Is that new enough? It's the future that's news. Enough. Yes. Um, we do the previews preview here on the podcast that we do on the Facebook page as well. Each and every Sunday or Monday, I kind of go through a Marvel and a DC and an Independent, just kind of showing off a couple things of note. Um, whether there's something that I personally rally behind or other things that I know, hey, there's people that love Power Rangers that shop at the store, there's people that love this. So uh, we can kind of go around the table as we start with the Marvel catalog here. Uh, to anyone listening here at the table, feel free to jump in with some excitement. Uh, Marvel always puts all their stuff at the front of the book, um, and there's always a lot of it every single month. Um, I do have some stuff in the back, but uh, because of the success of Black Panther, we have this... Uh, I think a three-issue miniseries. Black, Black Panther. Panther. Have it? you heard of Black Panther? <laughs> um, you must have froze. We never freeze here. So. <laughs> Wakanda Forever, Amazing Spider-Man number one. These are going to be one shots they're doing in which they have the Dora Milaje working with Wisp. Marvel superheroes. And obviously it's a good way of like, hey, the movie's out and everyone knows what these characters are. Yeah. But I am I am falling into the trap and I'm buying some You're Wakanda buying. Forever. <laughs> But these are one-shots. If you're a fan of the movie, you know, this could be a, a jumping-on point into comics. So um, so it's always good to kind of see that. So Spider-Man is the first one. Um, Thor is getting a new number one as we have the, the new editor-in-chief kind of coming in here. So we're getting some new uh, what fresh is start. The, yes. um, on, on Thor, so yes. you're talking about Thor. Um, what did, how do they describe the opening um, number one here again? I, I, I ordered it. Okay. I'm interested to hear the what the synopsis yeah, was. The or synopsis, yeah. It says uh, as as we're gearing into like the final of the Mighty Thor, but Jason Aaron, uh, the 
he's been writing Thor for like over five years now, both male and female Thor. Um, but he's carrying on with Thor number one. It says, Thor Odinson has regained his mantle, and with it, a wild new world of trouble in his mighty hands. The artifacts of Asgard have been scattered across the earth, and to reclaim them, Thor will have to face some ugly truths, like the production cost of hundreds of new hammers, and the Thunder God is going to need every last one of them if he's going to stop the unstoppable Juggernaut. Juggernaut is capitalized with a J, so I assume it's actual juggernaut yep. and not just the juggernaut of a well and it may be the juggernaut that uh remember in the all the hammers that were released and juggernaut got one of them okay okay turned into that super awesome <laughs> overpowering juggernaut um we could have that i i mainly ask because one of the things that i'm both anticipating and looking at with some trepidation for is this whole movement to Going back and doing number one. Fresh start. Fresh the fresh start stuff. And then I'm fascinated to see what they do. I know that part of their um, desire is to make this more accessible to people, both comic people who've been a long time and then comic people who but as I glanced at that particular especially um, introduction to what the fresh start was gonna be, we just came off Jane's death, this emotional sort of thing and it almost seems like now we're going to jump into whoosh this adventurous sort of thing with no real shift <laughs> well the, the one thing is we have, i think we have one more issue of the mighty thor uh-huh. and then there's a one shot that jason aaron's doing too the something of gates of Valhalla. Uh-huh. um and the one thing to maybe back that it's not just going to be ignored and whatever you know the fact that Jason Aaron's still writing, and I'm assuming he's gonna <laughs> take us. He might. He might mention it. You know. Yeah, yeah. There might be, but, but but I, I especially in the I looked at the covers of the new ones that are coming out. They seem a little more. I don't. I don't even know how to put it. Cartoony. Okay. <laughs> then you know some of the more classic covers we've had, and I'm wondering what this is. You know, I'm willing to give it a shot, but I have to say there's a certain trepidation about. Okay, now we're going to go back to number one. We're going to try to change the direction of how we tell these stories. That um, that makes me wonder where we're going with with this. And um, well, Jason Aaron in the uh, new Marvel previews, they do these like little interviews with the creative teams here, especially for the fresh start. Um, he was asked what uh, excites him about the new Thor story. He goes, on one hand, it is the next big chapter of the overall Thor saga I've been telling for six years now. But on the other hand, this is a completely different kind of Thor story than I've done before. Different setting, different guest stars, different sort of tone, which would you know make yeah. sense the way you were saying there. Not to mention a completely new status quo for Thor Odinson. And then there's the amazing art of Mike Del Mundo. Uh, we did some crazy fun stuff uh, on this title, Weird, Weird World. That's going to be a tough one to say a couple times. Uh, and the series definitely takes all that up a notch. So, yeah, it does, you know, yeah, it will be a different. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, so I'm I'm both interested to see what they do, but there's certain trepidation, especially with characters. Some of us have followed for years and years and years, and now you're, you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of number ones, Tony Stark, Iron Man, number one. Uh, Dan, <laughs> Dan Slott leaving his uh, Spider-Man mantle uh, to do Tony Stark. And then uh, in August, as we talked about two weeks ago, Fantastic Four. So he'll be writing both of those. So number one for that. Um, you know, once again, great jump on point. Yeah, it's Dan Slott. So he'll probably turn Tony Stark into some 
Rich industrialist. <laughs> and he's, uh, yeah. Well, have we done that before? <laughs> he's going to switch bodies with the Mandarin, so the Mandarin's going to be this billionaire philanthropist. And <laughs> all the stuff that we know. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Tony Stark, Iron Man, uh, number one. Uh, Immortal Hulk number one is happening as well, as we've now seen out of the pages of No Surrender. So we're going to see him, uh, Bruce Banner, back at the wheel, if you will. A um, lot of number ones as we continue on with Deadpool number one. Now what catches my attention is there's a lot of Deadpool coming out with the upcoming movie. Marvel likes to, you know, kind of write off that success even though it's not their movie. But it's only going to benefit them with having as many we have the You Are Deadpool or I Am Deadpool. Yeah, that I'm looking forward to a lot is the I Am Deadpool thing. There. Yeah, that one's... Uh, uh, <laughs> Choose your own adventure, yes. <laughs> Well, if you're looking for a number one, good jump on point with uh, Deadpool number one here. Uh, art by Nick Klein. But what I'm very excited is that Scotty Young, who does all the Marvel-like uh, baby covers he's done over the last you know half a decade or so, also uh, artist and writer for I Hate Fairyland over at Image Comics. So his tone, me and uh, Eric, Eric, who is a Punisher fan and I hate Fairyland fan, we talked to him here at the store. Um, we're both very excited that his tone and writing those characters into Deadpool seems like a perfect fit, and this is a pretty big deal for uh, Scotty Young to kind of, you know, take. You know, he's been leaning into writing more in the last couple of years and stuff. So, um, and I know uh, you had said, I don't know, is there anything from Marvel that you? Uh, in case you have to leave. Oh, um, and, uh, certainly Deadpool number one, what I was going to be going with, too. I, I want to see what they do with Deadpool. Um, I think they've come to kind of a crossroads with him that they have to, you know, they've been having a lot of shifts in the Deadpool storyline, so I think they need to set a direction. Um, <laughs> uh, he went through the whole thing where he threw in with Steve during uh, <laughs> right. Secret Empire, and then he and was he, very popular after he came out of that. And now he's being hunted by uh, by uh, the Avengers and yeah. you know, all of them. Yeah. So. so I think that this is, and I don't remember whether this was the one where in the little uh, blurb where they were giving you the synopsis, they said. He's put out a contract on himself. Yep. That's happened. Yeah, that's going on in the book right now. Um, this, so. this previous issue had that where uh, he's just fighting off everybody. It's just a, just a nonstop of so, guest stars. And, uh, I'm interested to see that. I'm also interested to see um, Doctor Strange 1 and 2. Now they've moved Doctor Strange into space. Yes. So there'll be something interesting in seeing uh, Doctor Who, or I mean Doctor... <laughs> Who? It could be Doctor Who, Doctor too. Who? <laughs> Doctor Strange Doctor in space. Swimming. Um, swimming. I'm also interested in seeing Avengers number one. Um, new team, new setup, um, what that's going to look like. Bringing back the big three, but adding in some, some new, new faces as well, so that will be an interesting thing, too, as well, I think. Okay. So that's my read. Good, good. And with that, I must leave you all. Alrighty. Enjoy the day. We'll do. <laughs> Have a good day. And stay, stay dry. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's, you know, it's mid April and, you know. Liquid sunshine. <laughs> it's almost summer. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp is getting a big movie come July, I think, is the release. So oh, I ordered that one too. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> there's a five issue mini series called Ant Man and the Wasp, but number one and number two are there. I am excited to purchase the movie variant cover, and which looks like a blank sketch cover until you look very closely and see 
tiny versions of uh, Ant-Man and <laughs> Oh, I thought I just had something on my yeah. page. So like a crumb. <laughs> Rub the hole in the page. <laughs> yeah. Ink smudge or something. So if you're excited about the movie coming up, Ant-Man, uh, Nick Spencer is the last one to write his series about like two years ago. It was a fun little uh, series. So obviously with the movie coming out, we're going to see more of that. Although keep in mind that uh, um, this will not be the same uh, Wasp that you'll be yeah, yeah. Get, getting uh, in the in the movie if that's what you're looking for. Um, this is instead well, it's still Hank Pym's daughter. It's yeah, just, uh, yeah. Nadia, it's Nadia Pym. Although here it says Nadia is his only hope of rescue. So. Ooh, hope. <laughs> Um, multiple, hold on. <laughs> I want to say multiple issues for you to say. I want to say several issues. multiple words at the same time. Multiple man, number one of five miniseries for that character. Um, I don't know much about the multiple man, um, mostly because I can barely pronounce it. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's happening. Miniseries. So if anyone's been looking for a story about him, uh, Deadpool uh, also has a miniseries. Uh, Deadpool Assassin, number one of six. So uh, one and two are available for pre-order. So once again, height of the movie, bunch of different Deadpool's going on. That uh, if you just don't want to commit to the ongoing series, but the previous Deadpool number one, here's a six-issue mini that uh, maybe more your speed if you want to jump into that. Uh, Colin Bunn, who uh, me and Jim have just been talking about, uh, who seems to write everything all across the board. <laughs> so he's writing this one, art by Mark Bagley. Uh, so that's a pretty good creative team there. Uh, Marvel has this Marvel Rising, which they're starting to do. It's yeah. uh, it feels like a DC superhero girls type of approach yeah. to their Marvel it's characters. Kind of how it looks um, when you, when you look at this. That's kind of what I'd picture, except it's Marvel. Yeah, they're doing these like these animated shorts and stuff that they're doing that I know they're going to release, which I think is going to be in the vein of the Star Wars Forces of Destiny. Once again, geared towards uh, younger. Uh, uh, readers and fans and stuff like that. So uh, this is the first time that Squirrel Girl and Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, are going to be uh, meeting each other here. So Marvel Rising Alpha number one. Now they advertise this special in-store Father's Day event. I have no idea what any of this means. Um, I'm not sure if it's something that's gonna. I have they're gonna roll out. I don't know what it means yet. Yeah, so I don't think they've <laughs> actually released. It said like more. Yeah, it says details on Father's Day event to follow. That goes not only for us here at the store, but also the publisher. <laughs> yeah, so. we're not sure what we're gonna do yet, but we're working on trying it. Trying to get yeah. dads to bring their kids in, the kids to bring their dads in, or. But yeah, if you if you're a shopper here and you got some young ones, uh, whether they be uh, your children or nieces or nephews, grandkids, uh, this is a good chance to see some of the younger heroes um, and uh, pick up some stories. And there's gonna be more about that. I'm not a big Marvel guy, and I am getting this one because I did read the um, first couple volumes of Ms. Marvel, and I liked it. And it looks like something I can share with my young niece. Yes, you know, so. definitely. That all-ages target. Um, the Sentry, number one. Um, There's a character I'm not that uh, familiar with, but I had to pre-order it because I saw the writer was Jeff Lemire. We just talked about with Gideon Falls. Well, much, much like uh, um, our, our favorite Avenger Voyager, Sentry was one of those newer characters, and he's been around for a little bit now, but when he was introduced, he was this character that fictionally ever, has been around for a while, but everybody had forgotten mm. is was kind of the, uh, the basis for it. Um, kind of... Uh, 
another Marvel answer to Superman, but with um, with, with some twists, yeah. um, including his darker other self, the Void. Hmm. So century number one available there. So I'm excited to have those creators uh, teach me a little bit more about the character. I don't know. Uh, Kurt Stad had mentioned Doctor Strange number one is available as he's going off into space. Um, number one and number two are available. And then uh, I'm going to cut over to, I had mentioned already, Amazing Spider-Man number 801. This is the final issue for Dan Slott's historic run on page 45. Um, so that one will be available for order, and I'm sure it'll be uh, one of those issues you won't want to miss. And to see that they're not milking it and for every penny, because they could easily made this a $9.99 book, um, it's the normal $3.99 price, even though it's his last issue of his run. Right. And then Spider-Man's going to get a new number one uh, after this ish, uh, series wraps up here. But uh, so, yep, that's, uh, I'm happy to see that I don't have to you know, break the bank on buying the extra extra sized and all these backups and right they, they didn't even slip in the extra you know that the, the 499 yeah, yeah they, they will could've. do occasionally um once again talking about ant-man and the wasp uh, ant-man is going to be true believers month for the month of june true believers is the line of title uh which i think like image first probably started it where they do reprint first issues of a lot of the image series offer them for a dollar so it's kind of a good hey it's one dollar for a series and if you like it then you could probably jump into order trades and stuff like that which are uh, usually available to order um so to learn a little more about ant-man whether it be scott lang and it also looks like hank pym based on uh, some of the art here kind of going throughout the decades over the last 50 or 60 years of the character so there's uh yeah there's seven different titles available all at a dollar a piece um so if you're interested in that it's probably highly recommended i don't think there's too many true believer titles that get ordered i know there was some thor stuff back in november but um you know it's not something that you just go and there's going to be piles and piles right. of it sitting there for you but um so that's why it's you know it's a one dollar issue of some classic comic book storytelling uh, and then, if you hadn't had enough Ant-Man and the Wasp, now we have Living Legends number one. Um, it's not the Karate Kid, but instead it's Ralph Macchio, the writer, uh, is writing this. Um, yeah, so that is, uh, I don't, that looks like it might be an ongoing, even though it's kind of buried in the back here, but, uh, some more Ant-Man, so it depends what you want out of your Ant-Man, there's plenty to choose from. And it's not even going to end there because i got a couple more to mention. Dazzler gets uh, a one-shot here. Dazzler, the, the sparkly singing mutant. Um, I was excited to see that, especially with being a one-shot. I'm going to pick that one up there, but uh, Dazzler. <laughs> Don't know what else to say. Um, Jim had mentioned uh, Miss Marvel. I'm an avid reader of uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, and... Uh, she gets her uh, 50th issue, which is titled Miss Marvel number 31, because that includes her last volume of numbering as well. Um, but yeah, uh, there is a, an ad for purchasing like the first volume of the hardcover they have later in this book here too. But uh, great young superhero, Muslim-American superhero, who gained, he was an inhuman, gains the powers, and uh, she's a fan of Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, who was formerly Miss Marvel, and... Uh, but yeah, if you want your teenage superhero, it's kind of like a 
you know, your, your Peter Parker type of story, kind of ground level, she does kind of tie into some things in other books like Champions and the Avengers, but uh, it's mostly grounded within her series, her culture, her her family. So really, really good book there for a lot of uh, introductory readers, I think. Um, as we cut ahead here, Wedding Bells over on page uh, 68 and 69. Now, we'll make this announcement here. I think we've maybe teased it. We talked about it on, uh, off air and stuff like that. Um, at the time of this recording, uh, there's going to be an event uh, that may or may not be ready to publish, but it will be happening very shortly. As we talk about here at the store, X-Men Gold number 30. So if you are listening to this podcast and uh, let's say you've never picked up X-Men Gold and you're wondering why do I need to pick this up now, 30 issues in for characters that I don't know much about. Well, there's two uh, classic characters, Kitty Pride and Colossus, uh, on again, off again for the last 30 or 40 years or so, are finally getting hitched. And uh, the Crimson Cowl sends out a special invite to all of the listeners and readers and customers here at the Crimson Cowl to attend the reception of this wedding. So what we're going to do on Saturday at the club when we normally meet at 4 o'clock on on Saturday, we are going to be... uh, Scraping the normal agenda, and we're going to do an entire podcast, uh, do the whole hour for X-Men Gold number 30, in which uh, we're going to prep with kind of leading up to, you know, what's been going on in X-Men Gold, what's been going on with the characters throughout the decades, and uh, go through the reading and, you know, discuss it as we normally would in spoilers. This will be one of those Crimson Cowl club picks. Um, but what's going to be extra special is that uh, we're going to offer a ceremony, if you will. Uh, we're going to do a, a ceremony here in the store, an audible version of the ceremony. Uh, we do expect you to, you know, dress up and look your best. You know, it is a wedding for Christ's sake. Um, to show up, and uh, there's going to be some more details about that as we post it. But we are going to have a reception afterwards, which yes. Will include cake. Yep, the most important part. <laughs> everyone, will be cake. everyone has kept asking, "Why should I pick up this comic?" Cake. That's why. So Saturday, June twenty third, <laughs> uh, the Wednesday before that is when this issue comes out. Um, so pre-order it now if you want to get in on this, and you're in, everybody is invited. Um, Saturday, June twenty third, here at Crimson Call for a fun little wedding reception club. It could be an introductory to the podcast, introductory to the X Men. And uh, we're going to have just a fun little hangout shindig with cake and some snacks and uh, some other uh, festivities that we want to plan. And all those details will be put into the event through the Facebook page at Crimson Cowl. Chicken snacks? Mmm. <laughs> you I go think... ahead and kick that off. <laughs> yep, <laughs> Jim, you, you, you mentioned it. Without the chicken dance? You're, you're our DJ, yeah. I guess. So. You're right. We, you know, we're going to have to find... <laughs> we, we're, we still have some planning to do. Um, so... We'll, we'll get DJ on the list there. There we go. This is a big <laughs> event for uh, uh, the X-Men, at least. Yes. Um, and then over on page... Uh, the numbers are gone at this point. Um, page 78. They have uh, great great for readers of all ages. So they have a bunch of these, uh, these digests that they're doing through Marvel. Uh, a bunch of characters, um, old and new, and... Uh, 
geared toward the all ages crowd. So that would be you know, once another th- you know another thing to jump into. We had a customer here at the at the store this afternoon, a little boy who has never been in a comic shop. It was his first time in a shop with his uh, father, and they wanted he wanted Flash. The little boy kept saying he wanted some Flash, so. Uh, Kurt let him out to the stacks out there and we found some flash books for him and it's always kind of the question like where do you jump in you can't always start at number one if you want something right away and you know there were some trades and depending on what your you know looks like he was spending his allowance because you know he he was asked what he wanted to buy and stuff so he did uh we leaned him into some flash rebirth uh single issues uh yeah, that, that's a good place to start, especially for somebody who's been introduced to The Flash through the TV show, because they're, while it doesn't follow, you know, the show, yep. there's, but they're, they're, um, there have been a lot of uh, similarities, you know, things mentioned, similar characters and things like that. Um, so definitely, you know, it's, it's recognizable for people who have watched the show, but haven't read the comic before. And that's why we sent him home with some covers that had uh, Captain Cold and uh, some of the other uh, villains there for the rogues gallery. So, because, yeah, he did, you know, right away. I'm like, oh, here, look at this one. And then he's just like, yeah, Captain Cold. So he was, so, you know, he walked out with his uh, first comic comic books there. So uh, that's why I like to advertise. Great for readers of all ages for these Marvel titles here. $9.99 Digest. Uh, I guess there are some $15.99s there that are probably a little bigger, but... uh, you know, nine ninety nine for a digest of comics. Uh, it's a pretty good deal there. Yeah, for... yeah. Uh, looks like most of them in here are the nine ninety nines. A couple fifteen ninety nines. Um, some of the lesser known characters like Black Panther are nine ninety nine. Yeah, who's that? <laughs> they should make a movie out of him. Um, following that is Superhero Adventures, which they've done some books like through like the Marvel Disney XD. They've done these kind of books, which. Uh, you know, geared for like what even younger readers, I guess you could maybe guess just by some of the art in this here. But once again, you know, great. This is the time to get those younger uh, fans into these that if they've watched them in the movies or the cartoons, seen the toys, uh, these are the great jump on points to order up the comics just for them. So, yeah, Marvel's really them got reading. a lot of all ages stuff in, in here. And then, uh, talked about Miss Marvel. Um, part of that uh, Marvel uh, Rising. Um, so they're re-offering her Volume 1, and uh, that one, that's a series I bought in singles. I bought in hardcover. I've, I've uh, owned that one as well. I've re-read it a couple times. Um, but then they have a bunch of other volumes that they have available, uh, great for teen reads. So when you have a slightly older age group, you see your Squirrel Girl, you, they put Iceman in there, She-Hulk, got some America, some Captain Marvel, Wasps, Spider-Gwen, Miles Morales, and definitely some champions. So once again, let's get those young readers reading. Let's get those yeah, young yeah, get people reading. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, probably I, I would suggest something like uh, champions. Like a lot of times yes. for somebody's first uh, first book, if they're not sure what to get into, a lot of times I'll, I'll do what I did when I started reading, and I'll recommend a team book because you get the more characters. And uh, champions is a good one because it's kind of like Avengers, but kind of younger younger versions and whatever and i think uh younger readers would probably really enjoy the book definitely on page 95 let's say you've been listening to the last 14 weeks of this podcast and they're like man these guys really love avengers no surrender well coming out uh they have the the pre-order 
for this uh, oversized Avengers No Surrender hardcover, which is going to collect all 16 issues um, and put it all together in a nice shiny hardcover. And uh, obviously, we highly recommend it because it has been a fun story. And can't imagine, you know, we we only have to wait a week every time, but you get this, you can crank this out in a day or two. So, um, so yeah, if you've either missed the jump on point, you've been listening to it here and there and kind of interested and couldn't find the back issues or this or that, uh, this would be a, a great option to uh, collect that story. And uh, yeah, at a discount price is usually, you know, when you collect stuff in trade and paperbacks, hardcovers, all that stuff. Uh, Thanos uh, Wins by Donny Cage, trade paperback on page 113. This collects issues uh, 13 through 18. Uh, this is the future story that I talked about on the podcast maybe a month or two ago in which uh, King Bearded Thanos calls young Thanos from our time into the future, needs help uh, against some stuff that's going on. There's some chained up hulks. There's some Frank Castle Ghost Riders stuff going on. There's a lot of crazy cosmic stuff that's been catching everyone's attention. There was a customer that came in here maybe like two weeks ago. He had just heard about it. Sent him right to the shelf. I gave him a quick history lesson on Thanos, and the, he walked out with some of the Thanos books there. And uh, um, especially with the movie coming out, you know, more people figuring out who this character is. Um, Thanos wins. Uh, trade paperback is a high recommendation from me. Ant Man. If I haven't said that enough, <laughs> there's some more Ant Man. Jumping into page one twenty four. Uh, Astonishing Origins and Giant Man. Uh, there's just a bunch of different. If you're wondering, hey, I like Ant Man. What can I read? We there's about a million things coming out in June. So um, check out the catalog or uh, listen to what we just said and pre-order some Ant Man. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for the Marvel. Anything uh, else? Yeah, actually, one thing that uh, I thought might be of interest to yes. some people. Um, well, that that one movie about that guy that was mentioned, what was it, Black Panther? Um, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the characters was his sister. And a lot of people know who Black Panther is. Uh, all kidding aside, they've, you know, um, but some of the other characters in the movie... Are, are unknown. I mean, a lot of people I think out there are familiar with Black Panther, but more just kind of in passing and reading him in the pages of Avengers and, and stuff like that. Um, well, they do have a trade paperback collected um, with his sister Shuri during her uh, brief period as Black Panther. Awesome. So that is in here as well. And yeah, and I've never read that. I've, I've always known that, but uh, obviously with the excitement in the movie and then uh, Letitia Wright, who plays Shuri in the movies, is so awesome in that role. And they've shown some awesome stuff in Infinity War that, you know, she's she talked about, you know, she's got some scenes with uh, Mark Ruffalo as you have some uh, very scientific minds working together. So, but uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely a good, good way to get some more uh, Black Panther into your reading list there. So, good. Um, and we're going to jump into the big previews catalog and, uh, what we'll do, we'll always do a part one and part two for our previews preview. Um, so it'll always be Marvel and then we'll jump into Dark Horse and DC. And then for the next week, we'll, uh, finish off the rest of the catalog and, uh, that'll kind of line up with 
the order cut off uh, here at the store. So one thing before we jump into Dark Horse, I've been looking at this for a couple weeks now on page 28 of the beginning of this catalog. The Diamond 44 Pocket Comic Spinner Rack. <laughs> yes. Uh, spinner racks have been something of the past and very hard to come by. Even some creators like Mark Miller, I've talked about this to him in person, where he's uh, talked about trying to like get a spinner rack. A lot of times, it's like six hundred, seven hundred dollars to find these old things out in the wild because they're you know just from the old days and uh, you can't find them anymore. Well, they're uh, remaking them and uh, take this new generation comic book spinner rack for a spin, made exclusively in the USA for previews to display your favorite comics in your home or office. Uh, this is offered, and I'm pretty sure this is what Kurt said, two hundred and ninety nine bucks. Um, I think that was the price that was listed. Of course, they don't tell you right in here. But that includes uh, free shipping. Because that could be like, oh, what are you going to pay for something like this? Like an extra 50 bucks or something? But that price is all thrown in there. Um, it says it holds uh, over 250 comics in a compact uh, style here. Now, I've personally been looking at this. Uh, I've always wanted a cool way to display my autographed comics when I go to these cons. And uh, I've been mulling it over whether or not I'm buying a spinner rack for my house. So um, that's available for order. So uh, I think you should do it. You think so? Yeah, I think you should. I'll take it. three. You talk me into it. You know, with, with my order of this and all those proton packs that Jim is buying. And you're putting that on Jim's credit card. So, yeah, I wanted to mention that. Um, that's something that's awesome. Uh, as we jump into Dark Horse, uh, feel free to interrupt uh, but right in the beginning we have page 42 buffy the vampire slayer season 12 the reckoning number one of four guess what Longtime uh writer of the buffy comics uh christos gage i think is how you pronounce his name um is uh returning to the series here but he brings along a new up-and-comer somebody who uh is going to learn a lot about buffy a guy by the name of joss whedon joss whedon hasn't uh written for the buffy comics since season eight um, but he has been executive producer and kind of approving the storylines, holding what he would normally do, writer's room and, like, these little, like, meetings. Um, they would do it uh, at the house when they would pitch the store and stuff. Or, uh, pitch... <laughs> I'm looking at the store now, so I'm <laughs> trying to not... Um, when they would pitch the show and, like, the new seasons and stuff like that, um... He does the same kind of thing with comic books where they kind of like meet meet their writers and stuff and kind of, you know, everyone kind of talks about the season. This is going to be the end of the season format. It's only going to be four issues, but Joss is returning. I'm sure it's going to be big and bad. It introduces one of my favorite uh, characters. My favorite comic book ever is Frey. Uh, she's the Slayer of the Future. She was in some season eight uh, comic book stuff where he mended the worlds of the future and the present. Uh, Frey, Malika Frey is returning to the comics for these final four issues. They are going to keep doing Buffy comics, but they're dropping the season format to it. So don't be scared. I was scared when I heard this is the last season. I'm like, no. And they said, nope, we're doing more Buffy, but it's just they're doing away with the with the season format. So because nobody's going to catch up to Supernatural in season 24, which is... Right, and that, that might be the, the thinking behind that is, oh, a, well, now they're... It's up, intimidating. Up that to far. To see a high number. Yes, they need a fresh start. So. <laughs> yes. 
Um, page 55 over in Dark Horse has Disney Pixar The Incredibles 2 Heroes at Home hardcover. Uh, it says this is set during the events of Disney Pixar The Incredibles 2. Um, yeah, this movie's coming out in summer, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of a, something that throw out there if anyone's obviously is a long awaited sequel. Yeah, uh, I don't even remember when the first one came out. It's my favorite Pixar movie. So, yeah, I mean, if anyone always talked about, like, oh, they haven't really quite nailed the Fantastic Four movies, they're like, yeah, they did. It's called The Incredibles. I know a lot of people have gone with that phrase, and this is a much-anticipated movie, so why not get excited with some Of course, comics? it's more like the Fantastic Five now. Ah, that's true, yes. Knock, <laughs> Um, page 76 has uh, Manga Month. I know there's been a lot of people that have asked about uh, manga here in the store. I'm not much of a manga reader myself, but Manga Month is coming up. So they are, I'm assuming, kind of like relisting a bunch of stuff that uh, is out there, and there's a lot of it. So, uh, And this is another great example of why you should look at the previews catalogs, because you get stuff like this in it. We get people that come in here all the time and ask if we have any manga stuff. Well, there's a lot out there. Manga, and that's like saying, do you guys have any comic books? Yeah. Yeah, but which ones are you looking for? Um, and uh, people tend to not specify. They just ask in general, do we have any, any manga? And we'll ask, well, what are you looking for? And we'll try to get some answers. And we don't always get good answers from people. Um, it'd be great if... And we can get them to sit down and go through the previews and look and see what's out there, get them pre-ordered, and then we can make sure that we have the manga that they're looking for. Although typically the stuff that we do order, just shot in the dark, put it on the shelf, tends to tends to sell off the shelf pretty quick. Definitely. Um, anything in Dark Horse, gentlemen, before we move on? Uh, well, you said back to where the second one is in um, After Buffy. Yep. Sword Daughter looks good. Sword it's, Daughter. Uh, Forty swords came at night and murdered the entire village save for two people. The infant Elsbeth and her grief-stricken father, Dag. Set off on a revenge quest that will span the width of Viking Age Europe, they find the key to repairing their damaged relationship lies in the swords they carry. Created by Brian Wood and Mac Chater. Now, Brian Wood did some uh, some of the last uh, Star Wars comics for Dark Horse. I know that name. I met him a couple years ago. I really like the art in there. It looks pretty pretty good there. But, uh, yeah, so another uh, a brand new series there. Um, that's what's always good about the independent uh, comic book titles is you just get these, you know, you don't need your 50-year history of, you know, backstory or anything. So, all right, Jump good. Um, a DC, uh, we have a Hawkman number one, so we've definitely, uh, kind of seen some stuff throughout the, uh, Dark Knight's Metal and what's going on with the Hawkman characters and, um, this ain't something I'm getting, I'm just mentioning out to people, so I, I don't know if anyone that. else has something uh, to say. I have already put you down for it. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> is Jeff Lemire writing it? No. You know, once, once again, we'll be getting, um... Hawkman and somebody else's take on Hawkman after after the events of Metal. Um, I don't know if this if they're going to play around with the origins more, which they do about every year or two. <laughs> it's like every every writer that gets their hands on Hawkman has to uh, revamp the origin. I am getting this just to see what that is. I won't continue with the series, but 
I want to know it's how they're bringing it back. You yeah, might. you might. It might hook you. But you'll give it the, the one-issue try. Yes, exactly. Um, Justice League number one and two, Scott Snyder, um, Jim Chung, uh, Mark Morales. Um, so new Justice League number one, especially with Scott Snyder on the writing team, that's probably going to catch a lot of people's attention there. Um, so if people are interested in that. A couple of changes to the lineup here. Bringing back Martian Manhunter. Um, change up in the Green Lanterns. Uh, now we'll have John Stewart and the addition of Hawkgirl. Hawkgirl's in there. Right. And and I think I mentioned this last week. I don't remember if I did it on air or not. Uh, brought up that, yeah, the, the new lineup for the Justice League. If you were a fan of um, uh, the, the Timverse uh, Justice League, um, the first, what was it, first season or two before it became Justice League Unlimited. Um, this is a very similar lineup to this, but then they also slap in their uh, Cyborg and Aquaman. Um, but aside from them, you've got pretty much the same characters. Granted, it might be different versions, like the Barry Allen Flash versus the uh, Wally. the Wally West uh, Flash um, that you had in the uh, in the animated series. Um, and, and, and a, a different version of Hawkgirl. But, um, you know, it, it's, if you don't get too specific into the characters, this is, this is a very similar lineup to what you had in that, uh, in that animated uh, series. So, um, so people who maybe are a little bit younger and were introduced, uh, like, like other David, <laughs> who was really introduced to the Justice League through that uh, cartoon. Okay, so, um, th- this, <laughs> so, so this, this is probably a good, um, team lineup for, for fans. Good, good. On page 82, I'm super excited for one of my favorite writers, Brian Michael Bendis, who makes his splash next week, Wednesday at the time of this recording for Action Comics number 1000. He's mm-hmm. got a story in there, but Man of Steel is going to be a six issue, uh, uh, weekly series that he is doing and you see all six of them up for order here and you see the connecting covers and all that stuff i'm so so excited uh you know i'll read everything that uh brian writes and uh i don't traditionally read superman but i guarantee i'll be keeping my eyes peeled on action comics and superman well i most definitely read superman yes so yes uh, so how, how are you thinking about like what's your thoughts of this Marvel guy coming in to well, play with your favorite character. Well, so. yeah, I know. It's like you get a new driver hopping and hopping behind the wheel of your favorite car. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's it. I'm a little nervous. You can be. A little yeah. nervous, you know, because I'm sure he's got some, some different visions on uh, uh, where to go with uh, Superman. And he's definitely got to make himself. Related characters. He's definitely not just going to phone it in and be play a safe version of writing season. No, he's, he's going to come gonna... in and try to make a name for himself. I think so, yeah, yeah. They gave him all those ads of Bendis is coming. You know, they're trying to advertise this new up-and-comer. So uh, I, I hope hope for the best. Make it pay off. I know Kurt's dad would uh, talk about page 84, uh, Plastic Man number one. He seems the one that always gets a good giggle out of Plastic Man. So uh, he's getting a number one um, of six. Of six, so that's a mini series there, so not a not a huge commitment uh, if you're a Plastic Man fan. Well, I guess if you're a Plastic Man fan, you'd buy as many as you want, but if you're just curious, uh, yeah, Plastic Man's happening. 
Um, okay, this is interesting here because uh, DC likes to do some uh, fun little uh, crossovers. And starting with page 89, they have The Flash and... Uh, actually, no, right before that. Oh, yeah. Did yeah, I miss um, a couple already? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, page 87. Uh, yeah, I just have one of them flagged. Aquaman and Jabberjaw special. Um, I'll just barrel through this. Uh, Black Lightning and Hong Kong Fooey, The Flash and Speed Buggy, Super Sons and Dino Mutt. Uh, so, yeah, they got a lot of... <laughs> they, you know, it was... Uh, was that only last summer when they did the Looney Tunes crossover? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's... Uh, so many people I want to met Tom King, a writer of Batman, Mr. Miracle, and Vision, um, Sheriff of Babylon for his independent work. So many people in his line were holding the Batman Elmer Fudd comic. And I had like I had three or four other ones. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh, I should have brought that too. Because like you got to have up to three titles signed for free. But if you wanted anything else, just due to time and all that stuff, it'd just be an extra five bucks. If you wanted anything else signed, so I gave an extra five to get a a Swamp Thing winter special one that I talked about that heartfelt story. But I saw that Batman Elmer Fudd, and I'm like, oh, I should have brought that along too. So in yeah. the vein of them doing wacky, unforeseen crossovers, this seems like a fun little um, one-shots here for all these things. So. Really, it, it's almost less surprising than the uh, than the Looney Tunes crossover because yeah. uh, DC has been doing a lot of the, the Hanna-Barbera stuff they've done. The Jetsons, and they've done Flintstones, and they've done mm-hmm. you know, Scooby Apocalypse, and, uh, things like that. So now they're giving other characters this more realistic look and, and, and everything to them. Um, and then just crossing them over with mainstream DC characters. Um, but, I mean, you, you can't help but think that they've, they've got to be wacky. I mean... Jabberjaw looks more <laughs> like a shark, but it's Jabberjaw, you know. So. Uh, over on page ninety-five, the wedding prelude. Each of the Bat family is getting their own title in the ramp up to the wedding between Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle. We'll see Robin versus Razal Ghul, Nightwing versus Hush, Batgirl versus the Riddler. Red Hood versus Anarchy, and Harley Quinn versus the Joker. I was trying my best to stay away from these, and then I saw they're all written by uh, Tim Seeley of Revival fame that I had just mentioned. Um, but I, I'm going to buy a couple. I'm not going all down the line. Um, but I was excited with the uh, Batgirl and the Riddler and uh, Harley Quinn Joker. And, uh, yeah, I think those are the two I'm going to get. So Harley Quinn versus which Joker? Which are <laughs> <laughs> hopefully Betty and Veronica are carrying over into that too. So why not throw Archie, Archie characters back into the crossover? So, but yeah, so that's all gearing up for the big uh, Batwoman. Nope, uh, Batman and Catwoman, which their couple name is Batwoman, <laughs> <laughs> which is weird because yeah, that's their holiday. How, uh, how? Hold on, I'm trying to say too many words. That's their Hollywood couple name. Words not yep. work today. <laughs> I almost said those their holiday couple names, so. but maybe that's their code name. You know, oh, just sign it under Batwoman. People think that it's going to be Kate, but you know, it's two people instead. So um, that's all I had for the end of DC. DC. Anybody else? <laughs> as I'm running out of juice here. 
running out of speaking. Um, I didn't say DC with the periods in between them. I just said it as if it was... There was, in the trade paperback section, there is the um, Ragman series, which um, uh, Kurt Stad has yeah, been yeah. talking about, is coming out as a trade paperback. There you go. So, so of... that will be available in June. Yeah, I... Don't find the exact date right now, that. but... Yeah, uh, David uh, pointed out, is it damage number six? Yes. So I was flipping through. I got damage number one. It was that trifold cover thing, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. It was something I didn't need any more of, but when flipping through this, I I always look to see if Swamp Thing's showing up in anybody's book, and uh, he's showing up in damage number six. So even though I didn't care or didn't want to read two through five, I'm ordering six, so it's worth it for the cover, and I'll see what the story's <laughs> like, but... It's yeah. one thing's not in it at all. Just on yeah. the cover. Just yeah. <laughs> it's just like gonna be even like, if he wasn't in the book, he's on the cover. Yep. So yeah, sometimes I think about that being like, yeah, three ninety nine. Sometimes for a piece of art that I like and treasure, and maybe one day get signed. Uh, I guess it'll be worth it. But um, that'll do it for me for DC. So I don't know if there's anything else before we close that off. Um, yeah. Just. Flipping through, not uh, not really nothing. A- any anything. Um, no new I mean, titles there's coming always out good from stuff the... in there, but not uh, not anything. I feel like I really have to point out. Yeah, yeah there's no new titles from the um, Vertigo or um, what was the other imprint? The Young Animal imprint. Oh, okay, yeah, so yeah. Just th- those series are continuing, but. Okay, well, as we uh, that'll close out part one of two. Next week, we'll do the rest of the catalog, starting with IDW and all the way through the back. Um, coming up um, Wednesday will be Action Comics number 1000. That's going to be uh, a big, uh, big comic, not only in actual size, because it's like, I think it's like 90 pages. It's like 80 or 90, and uh, but also because 1000. It is the first comic book to ever do that. And then also Casper and Wendy, number one. So we got two big comics coming out. Um, so we'll all be talking about that. But yeah, um, that's what I'm excited for. I think that should close it out. Uh, we are going to transition into one of our many game nights here. Uh, so if anyone's interested, we've kind of had this uh, kind of... Uh, pattern of uh, some of the customers kind of coming in, bringing in and suggesting their favorite games and they kind of run the event and kind of bring some people in. Uh, So we are going to be doing Munchkin. Yes. So uh, Jim has brought uh, Munchkin and then I am teasing right here on the podcast. I bought the Thanos Rising board game. It arrived in the mail this morning um, because it wasn't at the time available through Diamond Ordering. Um, but I figure with Infinity War coming out, that's going to be something that we're going to check out. But, uh, hey, we're going to set up a, a test run and then, you know, set up an event uh, once Infinity War is out. And maybe if you come in and check out the game and uh, cross the fingers and maybe it will be orderable through, uh, you know, you can come in and play it for free and see if it's something that you want to want to get for your collection. So, And, of course, you know, if, if something's not available through us, you know, we'll... Yeah, you know, happy to suggest you know buying it elsewhere, but of course, if it is available through us, this is the place to go. Exactly. Um, so I think that will do it for this issue. This whole time, been Anthony. I'm David, and I'm Jim. To be continued. 
Thanks for listening. The Crimson Cowl Comic Club is recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles at 1749 Barton Avenue in West Bend, Wisconsin. For more information, visit us online at www.crimsoncowl.com.